Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, The Steelers Show. Now, you know the deal. If this was in season, this would be Here We Go, The Pregame Show. But there's nothing really, there's no pregame right now. But don't look now. It's going to be happening really soon. And to talk all about Steelers before they play games with me, as always, is my good friend, Kevin Smith. KT, what is going down? Ryan, how are you? Just, uh, I mentioned to you just before we came on the air, I just got home from our high school graduation. So I'm going to give a quick shout out to our 21 graduating football players who uh, had a heck of a run at, at our school over the last four years. If, if you count in their freshman team the record of their freshman team these guys went 34 and 7 over their uh, four years so uh they were a heck of a group and uh but but just but good people man i mean it just a lot of good kids who just embraced doing things the right way working hard and being accountable and uh being coachable and a lot of them are going to go on to some really good schools and so very very proud of those young men and man we're going to have a hard time replacing them so uh, congratulations to them. Well, that is absolutely fantastic. And since I can't put pomp and circumstance, one of the greatest songs of all time, by the way, on in the background, <laughs> and also Randy Macho Man Savage's entrance music. Let me just give the Ocean City 
High School Red Raiders. Did I get that correct, Kevin? You got you got it. Perfect. Let me give these 21. Let me give the Red Raiders. An, oh, yeah. Class of 22, baby. Love it. Love it. It, it pains me that many of them would have no idea who Randy Macho Man Savage <laughs> is. But... <laughs> it pains me, too. Yeah. But you would be shocked because it's a funny thing with music and everything. My kids know so much about the 70s and 80s and music that I, d- I did not teach them. That well, they just know they're raising songs. them the right way, one way or the other. Man, if they know it, that's uh, that's a win. And you and I are both fans of the show Stranger Things, and yeah. a song that we barely knew in 1985. I don't even think you knew Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, but that's my daughter's favorite song right now. I knew it barely, it went to number 35, so did not get a lot of airplay. And now I believe it is on its way to number one on Billboard in just three weeks. It is currently number four, which is, is absolutely amazing. amazing. I listen to the Spectrum on Sirius XM when I'm driving around in my car, and it's made its way into the ro- that rotation. So the power of a, of a TV show is incredible. Yeah, and we've seen it with other shows before, but this isn't a pop culture podcast. This is a Pittsburgh Steeler podcast, and they made big news when they took one of their number ones it wasn't a number one pick of their choosing but it was the number 11 overall pick in 2018 it's safety minka fitzpatrick who they gave up a number one pick to acquire back in 2019 and now he gets a new deal kevin what were your initial thoughts when minka inked uh, this new deal yeah, I saw it uh, on Twitter before I saw it anywhere else. And I, I saw it actually uh, while my students were taking a final exam. So I was sort of grading some papers and my phone had a little Twitter notification pop up. And uh, it, it said, you know, Steelers News. And I clicked it and then I did like these two little fist pumps in the air after I read it. <laughs> one of my, I looked up and like one of the girls in class was looking at me just like laughing. So, you know. She was pretty much like, I don't know what that was about, but whatever. Mr. Smith was funny. We actually had a gym teacher that was, he was a gym teacher, but he was also a substitute a lot of times in classes. And he actually did. I witnessed this among my other buddies. There was always a rumor that he did this, but he would do the uh, Sports Illustrated cover and the Playboy insert. <laughs> So at least you weren't doing that, Kevin. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm trying to keep my job. So. <laughs> that was the 80s in Pennsylvania. The, everybody kept their job. It was hard to lose your job back then. You're not kidding. But uh, yeah, with the phones these days, who, the, who knows what they're doing? So, yeah. so. <laughs> Well, I digress. Let's get back to Minka. I mean, that yeah. fist pump, that double fist pump was great. I was thrilled. It's something that, I got to tell you, you need to start. Everybody needs to start listening to the Scobro show because two weeks in a row, they talked about something major that was going to happen. Well, not two weeks in a row, but two out of the last three weeks, they talked about the Omar Khan deal the next day, less than 24 hours. It happens. And they talked about how, wow, Minka might not be getting that deal right away that it could happen. But it was inevitable. Well, the inevitability happened right away. And Minka Fitzpatrick is a stealer for the next five seasons. And the nice thing about that 
is he is so motivated. Did you see his comments that came out on Thursday, Kevin, about now that I have the contract, I've got to be good. I did. And I, and I was encouraged by them. And I think, I think one of the things fans forget about a lot of the time is, you know, I guess we get caught up sometimes in, in how much money these guys are making. And you say to yourself, well, we're talking about guys that are signing 60, 70, $80 million contracts. And, and what do they have to worry about? They're, they're, they're set for life or they're set for the next 20 years, whatever it might be. But you're also talking about this, the, the peace of mind that comes with knowing where your home's going to be and with, with, with knowing that you're valued and with knowing that if like, for example, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's in a really good situation and one that he seems to value that, that he knows that the, that the Steelers are willing to take care of him and, and he can be fully all, all in, which is, which isn't to say that he wasn't all in before, but there's a difference that comes with, with that type of security. It's almost kind of the difference of when you're, when you're really serious dating somebody versus when you're married to them, there's a, there's a quiet uh, comfort in, in knowing that your situation is uh, permanent. And I mean, because it isn't permanent forever, but, but for the next few years. And I think that it really also signals to him that he's going to be a true leader of this team. When you make that kind of money, uh, you, the burden of leadership comes with it. Uh, people are going to look at you and say, man, look at, look at how much he's valued. So now I think that he can really uh, focus on other aspects of his game, in addition just to the X and O's, but also in terms of his leadership and really the legacy he's going to leave in Pittsburgh. Now, this might be an unanswerable question, but this is something I've always thought about. I even thought about this with Joe Hayden before. But do you think now that Minka Fitzpatrick has signed this deal, not only does he feel like a major part of the Steelers, but he feels like a true part of the Steelers, and he possibly didn't before because he wasn't drafted by this team? Right. There haven't been that many Steeler legends who were not drafted by the Steelers. The, the one who jumps to mind the first is Jerome Bettis, who, when I think, all right, who's, who's a Steeler legend who was not drafted by the Steelers? He's the name that comes to mind right away. But that's, that's not a real long list. And when we say legends, I mean, they had, some, they had some guys who were great players. James Farrier is another example. But I don't I know if – Yeah, right. But they're not they're – not, I wouldn't call them legendary Steelers. The legendary Steelers are the, guy, the names we can rattle off, the superstars – from the seventies, the Lamberts and the, and the uh, greens and the Harris's, et cetera. And then you get into maybe, maybe a few of the guys from the nineties who, who when, when Blitzburg came around and, and, and reinvigorated uh, the fan base. And then of course you get the guys from the Super Bowl teams of the two thousands and Roethlisberger and Heinz Ward and, you know, guys like that Fanica, but they were all homegrown. Um, there aren't too many guys that are, that were not homegrown who went on to sort of be included in that conversation. And I think Bettis is included in that conversation. And now Micah Fitzpatrick has an opportunity to be included in it as well. Bettis was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. Another guy drafted by the Los Angeles Rams that he's in the Hall of Fame. So even though he was only here three years, I consider Kevin Green a Steelers legend as well. Yeah, he's in that group from the 90s, you know, where you when you think about, uh, I mean, Woodson was an 80s guy, but but he was he was a part of that that rebirth in the nineties, you know, Greg Lloyd, of course, 
Um, and then you know, they never, they got to the Super Bowl, never won it, but they did so much for the franchise in terms of bringing the Steelers out of a period that it feels like the dark ages. You and I have talked, the, the 80s Steelers weren't as bad uh, as some fans may lead you to believe. And, you know, so you talk to some people and you think that they were the, you know, the modern day Detroit Lions, but they weren't that at all. But after the success of the 70s, it sort of felt like it. And so those that those teams from the early 90s were so, so memorable because uh, they they just had great success for a new generation of Steelers fans. So this probably makes Minka Fitzpatrick, in his mind, a true Steeler. And I think fans as well, too, because there was a concern that he could be a couple year rental. Now he's not. He's in it to win it. And Farrier is a guy everybody forgets about the Jets when it comes to Farrier. Because, you know, Farrier led this team. And I want to say, I will say it, he led this team on defense to a Super Bowl. He was just absolutely amazing. You have guys like that that you can't think of, even though they were drafted by another team, you can't think of the fact that they were ever even there. It's almost like you get that men in black eraser. And you completely forget about it. And I think everybody's forgotten about the Miami Dolphins and Minka Fitzpatrick at this point. Right. And, and he's got an opportunity to build a legacy here that will almost make that like a trivia question 20 years down the road. You know, the, the, the sort of trivia question you ask about, uh, you know, hey, who, who did Drew Brees spend the first few years of his career with? I mean, people, people forget because you just associate him so much with his time in, in New Orleans. Who on BTSC is going to write the article, the five greatest Steelers not to start their career in Pittsburgh in 20 I, I years from now? Lit- I was literally just thinking about that as I was answering the question in my, in my head. As I was speaking to you in my mind, I was like, this would make a good article. Yeah, <laughs> that, that feels like a Schofield article, right? You know, I, I think that uh, Dave should jump on that one. You know, in a couple of years ago, I mean, gosh, five years ago, I wrote an article, the all Pittsburgh team to not start their career in Pittsburgh. I did it right before it was during the free agency period of 2017. And you can actually go back and find that. And I, I did a uh, team on offense and defense. We should probably look that up. That might be a good show because we never turn it into a show. It's actually a great topic now for this sort of kind of dead period that we're in between uh, the, you know, now and training camp. So next week on here, we go, the Steelers. show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a possibility. Or we might still, I might steal that and give that to me, Tony, and <laughs> and Shannon if you want to be a guest on the hangover. Yes, sir. Whatever you want. You know, I, I love these these conversations. So anytime. Now, I, you know what? I think that that should be us. That's you and me, and we will make that happen. So, Kevin, let's talk about an article you wrote this week. And I thought it was a very poignant article. And it's great that we could go ahead and tie this into the fact that we have a safety that we know is going to be around. We know that uh, nothing's going to fall through the cracks and he's going to leave because he doesn't like his contract situation. But you wrote an article about the Steelers and a three safety set. Could you elaborate on that, please? Right. So one of the under the radar signings of their pretty busy offseason was uh, DeMonte because from the Cowboys, who has been very quietly one of the best safeties in the NFL over the last four years. He's he started in Atlanta and Dallas. Um, he's got 12 interceptions over that time, which ranks fifth most amongst all uh, active safeties in the NFL. 
um, right, right ahead of him with 13 is Minka Fitzpatrick. And, um, and he's a, a really interesting guy because he's a pure too high. Well, I shouldn't say too high, but he's a, he's an in the sky safety. He's a true free safety. He can play the middle of the field. If you're playing a cover three, or if you're playing a, a man free look, he can be your kind of your deep rover safety, your center fielder. Uh, he can be a half field guy. If you play uh, cover two, uh, he can he can uh, handle responsibility. If you play quarters, which is um, a little bit of more of an aggressive run defending slash man to man type of coverage, he's versatile. Uh, but at the same time, he's a little bit different than Minka Fitzpatrick and Pittsburgh's other safety, Terrell Edmonds, in that he's the best pure center fielder of of those three, and that's an interesting signing because I look at like his last four years, he played over 75% of the snaps uh, in all in those uh, situations. And, and you think, man, why would he come to Pittsburgh then to like sit behind Fitzpatrick and Edmonds? I mean, those guys are incredibly reliable between the two of them, Fitzpatrick and Edmonds, they have eight, eight combined seasons between the two of them. And collectively they've only missed two games. So these are not guys who are off the field very much. And so either because he is, you know, he's only on a one year deal and maybe he couldn't find anything in the market that he liked uh, and he decided to go to a, a place where he'd have a chance to win. But or or maybe the Steelers have some other things in mind. And and the genesis of that article was just this notion that uh, because Edmonds and Fitzpatrick and Kazee all have different skill sets, Kazee, the center fielder, Edmonds, more of the box safety and Fitzpatrick kind of the jack of all trades in the, in a little bit of like the Troy Palomalo role, uh, who, you know, you, you've got a real opportunity to play those three together and that offers the Steelers some really exciting opportunities. I am so jacked up like the kid on Talladega nights, all jacked up on Mountain Dew thinking mm-hmm. about these three safeties. And we are going to talk more about it. We're going to talk about where Kazee fits, why he was actually a better choice then bringing in a guy like the Honey Badger, what this means for Terrell Edmonds, and how this helps a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. We're going to do all of that next on Here We Go, the Steelers show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. She won't look my way. Oh, come on, girl. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the worst looking man you've ever seen Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me, as always, is the legendary New Jersey coach, K.T. Smith, Kevin Thatcher Smith. A lot of people don't know this, that he played his collegiate ball at Gettysburg College. So I, what, what's, the, uh, what's the mascot at Gettysburg? <laughs> uh, we are the Bullets. The Bullets. Although oh, okay. it does... 
the mascot doesn't quite look like a bullet. I mean, you know, it's a play on the Civil War stuff and yeah. The mascot looks a little bit more like something um, I would get in trouble for if I said exactly what it was. <laughs> so I'm going to like... Uh, I, I'm already <laughs> picturing it right now. I mean, this is an Austin Power sketch waiting to happen. Um, yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. But Kevin, I know this answer. If you can let everybody out there in BTSC land know, what position did you play? I know it wasn't on offense. It was on the defensive side of the ball. I know you have been an offensive coordinator in the past, but it's probably pointing to what we're talking about tonight, isn't it? I would probably be safe to say. Yeah, very good. Nice, nice, nice lead in there. Uh, yeah, uh, safety played safety in college, and uh, if I if I had to look at like the, the the three Steelers types of safeties, I was definitely more of a Terrell Edmonds type. Uh, much more comfortable kind of being down in the box. And then again, I was playing safety in the early 1990s when so many teams were lining up in the I formation and trying to pound the ball at you that like, if you were a safety, you were, you were in the box, you were kind of bloody in your nose up there against fullbacks and tight ends. And, um, but I played a, a good amount of too high as well. And, and so you get a, it's an, you know, you need to be a pretty diverse player. You got to have a, different, a bunch of different skill sets. You have to be able to run and you have to be able to hit. But one thing you really have to be able to do is communicate. And when I think about the Steelers re-signing Fitzpatrick, that's one of the biggest pluses that he has. He's an excellent communicator. And when I talked earlier in the show about him taking on more of a leadership role, that's going to be something I think that now will really fall to him, being able to set coverages and make adjustments and do those things. Not that he wasn't doing them in the past, but now I think that he'll know this is me. This is you know definitely what I'm, I'm going to do. And uh, and if the Steelers play some of those three safety sets we were just talking about uh, before the break, then that'll be really, really important in, in communicating because it will give them so much flexibility to move coverages, rotate the skies, the, the amount of, of fluidity that they can have in their defense with those three guys on the field in terms of being able to just sort of change responsibilities and, and move guys around line Edmonds up in the box and then bring him on a, on a, edge stunt and drop Fitzpatrick down as a robber while Kazee plays high and the, and the corners bail into, into deep third coverage or vice versa, you know, dropping Fitzpatrick as a robber and bailing Edmonds out of there. And now you're going too high with Edmonds and Kazee. I mean, you, there's just so many things the Steelers can do out of that look. Um, so it feels like, man, this is, this is, you know, get these chemists in the lab and, and make something really exciting. Well, I definitely believe that they have those chemists, so I'm really excited about that. So there's so many questions, and first, we've got to talk about the three safety set, and that is true. Would you agree that's true sub-package football when you hear about sub-package all the time? Sure, absolutely, and the Steelers play some form of a sub-package about, on about two-thirds of their snaps, uh, which means that they're in something other than their base 3-4. I mean, it's, it's base and name only. Again, if you're only playing about a third of the snaps, it's not real uh, true to say that you base out of it. So in about those other two-thirds, they're, they're usually in either a 2-4-5 configuration where you have two defensive linemen, four linebackers, and five D-backs. And that fifth D-back has often been a slot corner, some kind of a nickel defender. Uh, it was Mike Hilton for a while last year. It was Cam Sutton and Arthur Mollette. They kind of split responsibilities. But the thing that I wrote about this week and that you and I have been talking about is inserting a safety in that role. 
Um, maybe that becomes Terrell Edmonds. And, and what that would do really is it would give you a better run defender in the alley against teams that want to run the ball there. So the, the, the craze that swept over the NFL these days is wide zone, wide zone or outside zone, where, where teams are really trying to run the ball uh, at the edge uh, and, and either get, you know, the, the running back's going to bang it up into the C gap in between the tackle and tight end, or he's going to take it into the alley. And the Steelers had some issues there with their alley players getting blocked by tight ends and bigger receivers. And if you put Edmonds in that role, he's going to be a better run defender than Mollett or Sutton. And Edmonds is also excellent in coverage against tight ends. So, I mean, if he becomes your strong side alley player, you're better against the run. You're better against certain types of matchups and coverage. And now you got two guys at safety in Kazee and Fitzpatrick who are excellent. Kazee is a much better too high safety than Terrell Edmonds is. So my argument for the three safety package essentially was it gives you better run support in the alley with Edmonds and it gives you better back end support in the passing game with Kazee. One of the questions I was going to ask you as we went on in this conversation which I kind of feel is moot now, but I'm still going to bring it up. The question I was going to ask you is of the three, who's the biggest winner with the Steelers playing sub package football and playing this three safety package. But I want to strike that question from the record because it seems like they're all winners now in this situation. Wouldn't you think? Sure. And, and it remains to be seen if the Steelers will do this. They, they, th- this is speculation. I, I just think that they're, crazy not to and then you know jeffrey benedict wrote uh, a good article this week in which he looked at um brian flores's use of safeties when he was in miami and it certainly seems as though flores based on what he did in miami would be open to this idea in pittsburgh uh but you're right they all they all benefit because they're all being put in a position of strength because he gets to be a too high safety or or a back-end safety who can really focus on being a pass defender where he's best Edmonds gets to play in the alley where he's much better than, than he is as a, as a deep safety. And, and it really frees up Fitzpatrick who, like we've said before, has that Jack of all trades ability where he can be moved all over the place and, and giving him the freedom to be able to, to do that, to make plays because make a Fitzpatrick's a playmaker and freeing him up from rigid responsibilities and putting him in position to make plays benefits him as well. So you're right. I don't know if there's a single winner among the three, but it feels like they can all be put in a position of strength. Now, here's an interesting question here. I want to talk about more about Demonte Kazee. But when we're talking about Kazee being on a one-year deal and Terrell Edmonds being on a one-year deal, is there a competition between these two as well? Or is it you, you just throw that out of the window? It seems like they're team players and you're just uh, playing for 2022. And whatever happens after that contract wise is what happens. Right. I mean, that's definitely a TBD type question. We'll see uh, if the Steelers are able to use all these guys in roles that um, fit them really, really well. Then I think there's a decent chance they, they sign them both. If not, if they, if they see, for example, that, Hey, we love Kazi on the back end and what he's doing and how he partners up with, with Minka, but we're not thrilled about, Edmonds is fit, you know, in the in the slot or or down low. Maybe maybe offenses figure out how to get mismatches that the Steelers can't switch out of, like a quick slot receiver matched up on Edmonds, where Edmonds has to cover him. Uh, and the Steelers say to themselves, 
you know, we can, I think we can live with one of these guys and not the other. Then it does in fact become a competition. But for right now, I think all three of these guys will, will treat this as a, an opportunity to, to do something uh, that suits their strength. And if you're Edmonds and Kazee, you're thrilled about that because what you're saying is I'm in a contract year and I definitely want to be highlighted in a position of strength and not exposed in a position of weakness. Does the NFL really need to keep a stat on starts anymore? Because some of these guys will not get starts based on this. They won't be the first one out there. And so they don't typically get that start stat. Does that even matter anymore? Is that something that should just be thrown to the wayside? Yeah, that's a good question. It, it feels like snap percentage is a is a more telling statistic, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I really do. And they don't go by that. But when we write articles, we're like, oh, he started 16 of 17 games in 2021. And we make a big deal about that. But everybody does. It's what's done in the industry. But that's not what we're looking at. What we look at, at more now, it seems, is that Terrell Edmonds doesn't take a playoff. Correct. He's a very valuable part of this defense, whether people realize it or not, because again, he can do a lot of different things. Now, how well does he do all those different things? That's really sort of what the debate has been, but he's been valuable to the Steelers because they've been able to play him both as a back end safety and also as a box player. And again, the thing that I like about the acquisition of Kazee is essentially you can say, well, let's, Let's do the best we can to just keep him in his, in his position of strength. Uh, and, you know, the other part of that equation is when you think about, all right, well, what's the Steelers situation at nickel corner? Because like I said earlier, when they go to the two, four, five, traditionally that fifth D back has been a nickel corner. And, and Mike Hilton was interesting because he was a corner, but he played like a safety. You know, he was physical and uh, a great blitzer and a guy that could really tackle and, and, and maybe not the, the greatest in, in deep coverage if he had to run with quick slots down the field. And, and, but yet he was really good in that role. And that feels like Edmonds. That feels like what Edmonds can do. And so you, you kind of have to ask yourself, well, who would I rather have playing in the slot? Would I rather have Terrell Edmonds or would I rather have Cam Sutton or, or Arthur Mollette? Maybe in certain packages you want Sutton. But it certainly feels like Edmonds is the is the stronger choice there. It really does. Now, one thing that I teased before the break and before we get out of here, I do want to ask this question. Kazee was one of those signings that really fell under the radar more than anybody because he was picked up on April 30th, which was right after the seventh round of the NFL draft. You know, so he was brought in. We're looking at free agent signings. Uh, undrafted free agent signings, looking to see who they're going to bring in. And next thing you know, you see DeMonte Kazee. And everyone's like, ooh, this is interesting. So, I mean, really swept under the rug, but it has the potential to be one of those great signings, like kind of like Mike Hilton was, you know, nobody made a big deal about Mike Hilton being signed because he was one of those future guys. Right. And it was interesting, too, is he came – he was signed after Edmonds re-signed, which is also what lends, leads me to believe that they've got a plan for him because it seemed as though if, if, if you were going to sign him first and then sign Edmonds later, then that would have felt like Edmonds saying essentially, 
all right, I don't have any other options. I'm going to go back to Pittsburgh. And then the Steelers essentially saying, you know, okay, well, Edmonds is going to come back and we'll sign him and, and, and now we'll figure it out. But when you sign Kazee after Edmonds, essentially to me, you're saying we know that Fitzpatrick and Edmonds are going to be our starters. And yeah, Edmonds is on a one-year deal. Uh, and, 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 but Kazee's this really interesting player. I, I, what I think the Steelers did is they said, he's really good. And let's, you know, we've got Ed, we've got our two safeties, but let's go get another talented player who's affordable and let's figure out how to use him. I don't think you go out and get Kazee if you don't have a plan for him. I don't think you say, all right, he's just going to be Jordan Dangerfield. You know, he's just going to be like kind of a, a, our, our third guy and we'll get him on the field when, when we can or if one of these other guys gets hurt. I don't think that he's that kind of a signing. You know, they actually, it's really funny because they signed these guys four days apart. And I didn't realize that until you brought that up and I went and checked and I didn't realize it was that close together. So yeah, there's, there's a plan with everything. So if you don't think it seems like a sexy signing, these guys know exactly, I'm talking about the front office knows exactly what floats their boat. They know exactly what is going to work for this team. That's why we cannot sleep on the fact that the this is such a great organization bringing those unknown pieces of the puzzle in and making it so a few years later, if they leave, that we're sweating it like we were as Steeler yeah. fans with Mike Hilton. You know, and you think about this too. The NFL is a chess match. Um, you know, look at, look at for example, uh, the Rams, right? The Rams – who were a, you know, a wide zone and bootleg team for, for, for under, under Sean McVay. Cause that's what he does. Uh, and they were pretty good, but, and they had a run to the Super Bowl back in 2018. Uh, but then defenses figure out how to stop it. They, they, they wound up uh, loading up the box and taking away that outside run and, and, and figuring out how to, to do it without having to drop a safety down, which is what, you know, the bootleg action kills it when the safety's got to drop down, they kill you on it. And they, and they figured out how to stop the run without having to put an extra guy in the box. And that essentially killed the Rams offense. So what did the Rams do rather than just say like, Oh, well, you know, we're screwed. We, we don't, you know, we don't have plan B. They created plan B. They went out and they got Matthew Stafford uh, who could do more than that. They could, they could go five wide, no huddle without Matthew Stafford. So it's obviously a big chess match. And so now I think about well, right, well who do the Steelers have to, uh, you know, figure out how to handle in this chess match. Well, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and, and the Bengals are a team uh, that, that runs a ton of wide zone as well. And, uh, you know, how are you going to stop the Bengals if, if they're running a lot of wide zone? you got to get another good run defender down in the box. And so if you put Terrell Edmonds down there, that, that's a lot better than Arthur Mollette. But the Bengals are smart too because – they run the wide zone, but then they also have Joe Burrow throwing the ball to Jamar Chase. And so if you want to overcommit to stop the wide zone, then they're going to take shots down the field. So if you're the Steelers, you say to yourself, well, we need to be better in the box, but we can't do it uh, by sacrificing our, our ability to play well on the back end. And so now here's a guy like Kazee, who's a really good back end defender. And essentially you say, boy, we can now, we're now going to be better against the run in the box and better against the pass in the sky because of the acquisitions we've made. So I, I can't say I know for a fact that they re-signed Edmonds and brought in Kazee as their chess moves to counteract what the Bengals do, but on paper, it sure looks like it. 
Now, we talked about sexy moves before, and the move everybody seemed to have been talking about was the potential of Tyran Matthew coming to Pittsburgh, throwing him in as a safety. That would mean that there would have not been an Edmonds. You might, I mean, you could bring Kazee in at that point, but this probably, even though it's not the big names, this probably is a better situation for the Steelers, wouldn't you say? Oh, 100%. Mathel, I, I never um, campaigned for him because he's a bad fit. He's a bad fit with Minka because they're, they're I don't want to say they're redundant, but they do a lot of the same things. Mathel is his best trait as a safety is when he's playing robber, which again, robber is a, is a, is a coverage where you're, you're lining up like a two deep safety and it looks like you're going to be playing a deep half of the field and at the snap. Instead, you're roting, rotating down to the linebacker level and you're trying to rob intermediate routes. You're trying to rob crossing routes and slants and, and you know, seam, quick seam hitters and RPOs and things like that. And Mathau's great at it, but so is Minka. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're different body types, um, but, they're, but they have similar skill sets. And so I think pairing Minka and uh, Mathau together would, would, have, would not have been very effective. So uh, that and the price tag that he came with was probably going to hamstring the Steelers from being some other stuff. So they were smart to pass on him. Very interesting stuff. And that's where I knew you were going to go with it. I, I love it. So let me ask you this before we get on out of here. Does this make the Steelers even more interesting? Now, it's the same stable that they had a month ago, two months ago. But the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick has now signed and you have the prospect of mixing and matching these guys and you have the I your picture in lab coats on Terrell Austin and Brian Flores trying to mix and match and make things happen. It's going to make this safety group kind of a strength of this team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if there's another position group. Uh, I'll just, I'll, let's just speak for the defense. Uh, there's not another position group where the Steelers have two starters and a backup. Or, or a third player, I should say, who are as good as these three. You, you look at like, okay, they got two really good uh, edge players, but the but then it falls off with a third guy. Same thing for the inside linebacker position. Same thing for the defensive line, for the corners. But at the safety position, they've got two starters who we know are solid, and then they brought in a third guy who's also a solid starter. So they're yes they're pretty well set at safety and you know you use the word interesting and I, yeah, i'm not big on hyperbole and hot takes and those types of things and but i will i think i think i think i can be honest when i say that i'm probably more excited or at least th- i'll use the word you used this is this might be the most interested i've been in an upcoming Steelers season in a long time i don't i don't, I don't know what date to put on it but a long time because of you know two things really one the intrigue of a new quarterback for the first time since 2004 which is a fascinating thing to watch that all play out and then the the absolutely fascinating formation I'm kind of anticipating on defense with this with the with with the the acquisition of Brian Flores and and now a new DC in Terrell Austin and 
you know, kind of what's that all going to look like? I just think that there's such a, if you're, if you love more than just loving the Steelers, but if you, you love the game of football and it, and it interests you and it fascinates you, this is going to be a really intriguing Steelers season. So I, you know, it's June, whatever, 16th, 17th, but I just can't wait. All right. On this particular day on June 17th, give me the dude of the week. Uh, is there any question who the dude of the week is? It's Minka Fitzpatrick, man. You know, <laughs> I mean, that guy got rich uh, and he became a king in Pittsburgh. He's the dude of the week. All right. One last question. Better 39. Willie Parker, Darren Perry, Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, Minka is probably the best football player of the three, but fast Willie. Ran 34 pikes, 75 yards for a touchdown uh, on the second play of the second half of Super Bowl uh, 40. <laughs> and Mick is going to have to do something spectacular in my book then to knock Willie out of that role because I'll always remember that play with great fondness. Oh, so will I. Yeah, we got to get Willie on this show. That's uh, <laughs> that's one of the things. In fact, we got to get Darren Perry. And heck, while we're at it, let's get Minka too. And, uh, just call him all up. You got pulled. <laughs> Well, the 39 party. All right. With that being said, what a great show. Uh, Thanks for, man, you took me to school on safeties and I absolutely love it. They don't call them the best here at BTSC. They don't call them one of the best in the blog business as well. It's KT Smith. Make sure you check them out on behindthesteelcurtain.com on the editorial side. And every Friday at noon here on BTSC radio with me. On Here We Go, The Steelers Show. Speaking of other shows, if you didn't get a chance to catch the preview last night with myself, Jeff Hartman, and Dave Schofield, it was a rollicking time. Of course, we talked Minka, among other things, and all the up-to-date Steelers stuff that you want to know. Let's Ride was a dandy as well this morning with Jeff Hartman, and you got to check out later on tonight a double dose of YouTube, and not only YouTube, but on our audio platform as well. You have Steelers touchdown under with the boys from down under Matty Peverell. He is on vacay and instead it's going to be Kyle Christ from what he's talking about joining the Aussie Marky Davison. We're going to see who has the better Australian accent. That's going to be really interesting. You've got a Yinzer that lives in Los Angeles, but he's going to try to top Marky. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of your classic Yenzer, Tony Defio, he is going to be on with the Steelers Friday night, six pack with Tony. So check that out as well. So many great shows. I could sit here and name them all, but just check them out. You've got to just trust me on this. It is great stuff here at BTSC. I am so proud of the lineup that we have each and every single day. So, Kevin, thanks so much. This was such a fun time. Thanks, Brian. Always a pleasure talking to you. All right. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. We need you to do three things that aren't bad. One is be safe. Two, be true to yourself. And three, always be behind the steel curtain. And you got to, my friend, keep your feet on the ground. And Kevin? Keep reaching for the hypocycloids. All right. Before I get on out of here, happy Father's Day to every single one of you dads out there. And Kevin, happy Father's Day, my man. I know you're a great one. 
Yes. Thank you. Right back at you. All Have right. a great weekend, everybody. All right. We love you, BTSC. God bless. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.